Welcome to Embody the Light, the podcast for light workers looking to evolve into their highest self. I'm Athena Bailey, a kinesiologist, channeler, and spiritual business coach. And I'm Cassandra Scardino, an energy healer, spiritual teacher, and crystal priestess. This podcast is for light workers all around the world looking to deepen their connection to spirit, step into their purpose, and activate their soul gifts. And learn about topics such as metaphysics, esoteric knowledge, ancient wisdom, crystals, plus so much more. With over 20 years combined experience between us healing, facilitating events, and running spiritual businesses, we are tuned in and ready to share our life nuggets with you. Get ready. Let's begin. Ready? Open your heart and body the light podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Embody Your Light podcast. I'm Athena. And I'm Cassandra. And we're super excited to have you here with us today as we delve into topics all around spirituality, 5D, metaphysics. Anything that's really got to do with love, light, and, you know, divine essence, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. All about embodying your soul purpose here on earth. This has been a project that I think it came to me quite spontaneously and I reached out to Cass straight away and she was like, yes, (laughs) no hesitation. But um, I think it's something that's really needed. And I think it's important to share as much as we can at this time on earth. And I think this podcast in this way gives us a platform to be able to do that. Agreed. It's like there's so many people that need hope and help in these times. And, you know, so many people come to us in our personal life. So it would be lovely to share that in a deep way as much as possible to whoever's ready to listen, really. Absolutely. So you're going to get me and Cass unfiltered sharing our top tips, our journeys, and anything we can with you guys. Brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Brace yourself, indeed. Brace yourselves. There was a quote that was once given to me by one of my students who said to me, who commented on one of my like training videos, light workers, get ready to absorb. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel. Light workers get ready to absorb. We're gonna drop some knowledge bombs on you. <laughs> yeah, I might be a bit funny if that's what people call it, but you know, that's definitely, you know, spirituality isn't all about being serious. So you can actually have some fun as well. Totally, 100 percent I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the path to embodying the light. Yep. Yeah, going deep into yeah, going deep into shadow work, dark night of the soul, journeying, stepping into your soul purpose, the full spiritual journey. Yeah, I think it's a good way to start because a lot of people have met us and you know, they don't really know what caused us to get into our embodiment and it's kind of that's the journey that helps you to bring you to your light is the dark night of the soul and all of those aspects. A hundred percent. And I think it's so important because when we share our journey, a lot of people go, oh, wait, I'm going through that or I've been through that. Um, And you start to realize that, you know, this is the path. This is a journey. And there are a lot of similarities that we have to go through. And it is like an initiation onto the spiritual path that we all go through. 
Yeah, it's actually funny. I never got rid of any of my old photos on Facebook because I wanted people to see that I was a normal person that used to go out and drink and party and do all of those things. I wasn't just like this, you know, embodied spiritual guru, you know, and had this amazing ability to tap into spirit. I was definitely a party girl that had a lot going on that was dulling her light just to fit in. I know. I stalked you. <laughs> I <don't laughs> I was like, and I don't regret it, damn it. <laughs> you had a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I've lived a lot of lives and I think that's a good thing because it makes me a lot more approachable. Like I do not think I judge anybody. Like I, I can't judge people because I know what it's like to be from a place of hardship and, you know, going through a lot of darkness and thinking that, you know, how am I going to be able to get out of this? And if I can get out of it, then anyone can really. A hundred percent. And so before we go into your journey, Kath, and everything you've been on, do you want to, for people who might not know us, do you want to introduce yourself and talk about what it is that you do now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Cassandra Scardino. And right now I do a lot of coaching around crystals and parts of shamanism, it would definitely go under the shamanism. I have a modality called point of light crystal therapy, which actually works on past life regression. It rewires the cellular memories in your body. So that way you can clear traumas and, you know, it works with crystals, but I've got a new course that's coming out called Aurora Ascension. And that's my deep dive into crystals, which is all of the good stuff that I've learned in the many, many years of being a spiritual geek. Um, I'll definitely say I'm a geek when it comes to spirituality, because I love it. Like one of the things my sp spiritual team would always say is that you're a very good student, Cassandra. <laughs> you're a very diligent student Cassandra I'll be like thank you <laughs> but um yeah I do um I used to do psychic readings not as much now but I still you know dabble in teaching psychic stuff um but yeah that's pretty much me as well as a community space holder and number one um you know top space for living on the land that's my goal yeah Cass is a phenomenal healer and teacher I've seen her in all different roles and she is like wow what a teacher and let me tell you community is her gift and you're gonna get so much value from her sharing about her work in community um, and building communities because this is something that I've watched her do better than anyone else I've ever met over the last Eight years. I don't know how long we've known each other, but I'm a long, long time. It's been a long time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Blessings. I appreciate that. We've yeah. known each other from the beginning, right? It's like when I started the temple, you were there. Oh, yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about our yeah. journey, how we met each other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and how about you, Athena? Where, what's your gate? What's your story? What's your background? You, you're like the amazing priestess I'm just like oh <laughs> um, hi everyone so for those of you who don't know I'm Athena Bailey um I'm 
pretty mostly known for channeling. I trans-channeled, I've trans-channeled for many years, um, started quite young, and I teach a course, Channeling Spirit Academy, which teaches you how to channel, how to be a successful channeler, do it for others as well, do it for yourself safely. Um, and then I have other programs, including business coaching for spiritual practitioners, actually supporting light workers to start building a business because I'm all about that ripple effect, teach you the skills and teach you to be self-sustainable, sovereign, mm -hmm. independent, um, and take that ripple effect of your soul purpose out into the world, which I'm all about. Oh yeah, she is one badass, you know, business coach. I can definitely vouch for that. Like as somebody that's not been a log like a tech savvy online person, Athena has really made it so accessible. And I'm like, anybody that needs to do that and has been feeling the calling, you should totally really step into it because Athena can hold that space so well. Thanks, Kels. Appreciate you. <laughs> awesome. So um I thought it might be fun to kind of talk about how we first met and I, I probably remember more of you than me than you remember me because the first time I met Cass was actually when she was teaching a crystal course eight years ago she's still doing it still the love of her life crystal work um nobody teaches crystals quite like Cass um and I remember you were talking about crystals, manifestation. It was in that little bamboo garden at the back of the place where you used to live. And I remember you see it so clearly saying, I'm manifesting a car. I'm using crystals to manifest cars. And you did get that car. I know it's crazy. You can do it. Like people don't think about it, but it's all energy. Oh, but yeah. do you know what I do remember is the note that you gave me after I did a class with you and you actually were like, thank you so much. And you gave me a crystal and I kept oh. that letter and it was like crazy. I found it like years later and I was like, I can't believe that was a thing. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. So, yeah. We lost touch with each other for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I don't remember that note. That's so crazy. But <laughs> it was so cute. I know. <laughs> That was so long ago. I was like 19 when I first met you. And then I, then I went through my like real spiritual journey. And I remember I had um, been certified in modalities and I was ready to teach and actually was like to spirit. Okay. Like when I'm ready to teach, bring the students to me, they showed up and I said, okay, well, if I'm going to teach, I need a space. So you better bring me and so in my guides and they straight away said your name. And I was like, Cass, okay, I guess I'll reach out to you, which I did. And you were like, Oh, I just opened up this space called the temple. Yeah, it was so serendipitous, like literally having you show up and be like, oh, I want to teach. And I I have to admit, like, I think the temple was both of us. It was not just like a community space that I held. It was literally from the workings of what we put into it. So I am so appreciative and we're still here. We're still kicking. <laughs> I love that space. We both met our partners in that space. So many happy memories. That to me was like when people put in the energy time to create a community space for spiritual people to come together. That it was just so full of blessings. Like the years and the memories that I have at the temple, teaching, going to events are just my happy memories. It was. It was a really beautiful, special time for sure. Yeah. And so then... We were at the temple together teaching both in person for a while. And then when the temple closed down, 
mainly due to COVID lockdown, we both were really focused on our online businesses. And that's where we've kind of been since then, really just delving deeper into our work. Pretty much. Yeah. So Cass, do you want to kick us off? Um, and I want to talk about your journey, your journey to embodying the light, which I really like believe that you are. I see it in how you live and what you do. I really think of you as an example of someone who is embodying the light. Um, and before we get into your journey, could you kind of maybe explain to us what does it mean to you to be an embodiment of light, to embody the light? Good question, because I feel like embodying the light for a lot of people can sound like, you know, this practice of spirituality. But for me, embodying the light can be anything for a person that just really holds that space of love and integrity and compassion and kindness. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like a lot of people can be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like that's, you know, a concept that can be understood but if you have a two-year-old which I do at the moment that's like pushing all your body buttons and it's just like you know you're you're tired you've got you know work you've got bills and you know that person cuts you off in the traffic you know it's really understanding that our vibration is such a special thing and, and that vibration is what everybody around you feeds off and it creates the reality that you live in. And so you can definitely go through those speed humps, but you realize that you are a transcendent being. And when you transcend the physical into the light, which is like that essence of who you really are, you can actually understand that the, the darkness is a duality part of you. It doesn't actually make up who you are. It's just a part of you. And so you can, go through that process so that you can get through your darkness into your light and go, that's who I really am. And that's who I choose to be. Mm, yes. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that is so good. I love that explanation. Mm. I was like, damn, did I just say that? <laughs> that's so good. I love it. Um, and I think that's so true, you know, with, it's the way of living. It's not just a concept. It's not just, okay, I'm embodying the light. It's how, how are you living? How are you embodying? How are you moving through the world? And I love that because you've, you've come really far, like your journey. When I hear your story, I'm always like, wow. And I want to share it with everyone. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story, your dark night of the soul and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so I, like I was saying before, I'm definitely a, you know, Joe Blow, every person that you can think of that has had a dark situation, I'm not any different. Um, I guess I was the black sheep in my family. And when I say the black sheep, I had a lot of trauma. Um, and it's weird because the trauma that I carry is from a family that overloved, and because of that, I felt like I never got to be who I wanted to be and never got to be seen as a person because I was always fitting within a mold of what they expected. And because I was so empathic and wanted to be that good daughter, I kind of succumbed to that until I had my major meltdown and realized that I was not, not the person that I wanted to be. I was just a shell pretty much. Um, 
but when I dealt with trauma, I felt like it was all around alcohol, um, self-sacrificing myself so that that way I could be what other people would, you know, accept. And so I had a lot of people use me um, from my kindness as well. And that kind of showed up in um, relationships as well, like my my relationships prior to really stepping into myself. Um, and, you know, that wasn't even until halfway through um, my mid-30s that I really learned what it was to actually call in what it was that I wanted. So, <clears throat> and a lot of that stems from our childhood for me anyway, because, you know, our parents are our models. So I guess that was a huge thing for me was like I was mimicking the behaviors of my parents and my parents were just children in an adult form teaching me how to be an adult. And so when I finally surpassed them, I guess, in my awareness um, and self-realization, I actually had to do a huge process of cleansing and re resorting myself i guess which took a good probably you know a six or seven years of, of detoxing and re reshuffling i guess yeah so i guess that's like a really vanilla version <laughs> um of what happened from my childhood and then i actually was a fashion designer very famous fashion designer oh i wouldn't say famous i guess the famous in the sense that i went to australian fashion week i got picked up by general pants mm -hmm. and was actually flown to china to become distributed internationally so everything was happening it was like you know from a perspective on the outside people would think wow this is really happening for me but and the inside it was completely the opposite it was you know, working crazy hours, my body was falling apart from tonsillitis, irritable bowel syndrome, lactose intolerance, and all the different types of, um, you know, things that I was pumping into my body just to keep myself functioning. Um, and that was a realization of just how much I was dependent on being successful and would do anything like I would do anything to be that successful fashion designer. But it all collapsed when the financial crisis hit. I lost everything. I lost um, my Chinese investor, I mean, my Japanese investor, the general pants gig. Um, it was just like, it all fell apart. And I was at square one, basically. Um, it was a pretty scary realization. I was so sick at that time with tonsillitis that my tonsils had, um, scar tissue around them. They have a stage four scar tissue, which is basically I've had tonsillitis so many times that when they would get sick, they would scar over. And so all it would take was just like the weather changing and I would get tonsillitis and would get rushed to the hospital. So it was like my body was just like screaming for me to take care of it. And um, I basically was um, unemployed for about six months with paid leave with the government benefits so that I could get better because my body was so sick. And in that time, I was like, what am I gonna do with myself? Like, I literally had to give away everything that I knew, or I had to give it up in the sense that I couldn't go back 
because I knew it was going to kill me. It was literally really bad for me from the environments, toxic environments, um, you know, the, the work ethic, people just expected more from you. And that was just the game, right? Like that is how it is. And so I felt like there was got to be more out there than this, but at the time I just needed to get better. And so once I was well enough and obviously the fashion industry was not something I could go back to after the financial crisis, I went into recruitment. So I went into the corporate world and was earning really good money. Like I remember buying my first pair of designer shoes and just being like, oh, wow, I could get used to this and was thinking, oh, this is what it's like to have really good money. But then it was like, all I did was spend money to make myself happy. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a good realization that that's what people do is that, you know, they have this disposable income and they use that money to make themselves feel happy, but it wasn't making me happy. It was just another rat race. And so when I was younger, my mother went to a spiritual church and that spiritual church when I was in my early teens was kind of like my first taste of spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so I actually remember once that they said, if you really want something, you just ask the universe for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, if for some reason this epiphany came to me when I was like walking home one day from work and I was like, all right, if this is what it's all about and I'm ready now because I don't have, I don't have this fashion label. I don't have all of the, you know, chasing all of these you know, crazy dreams about being a fashion designer anymore because I know that's not what it's about. I've got the corporate job, so I've got the money to study or whatever it is that I need to. Um, and I'm just ready. I'm ready to be thrown into what it is I'm here to do. I'm like in full service, I guess. And it was like literally less than a week that I found pranic healing. And it was the most weirdest thing because where I was living, I would always go the same route to get home. And then one day something just said, go this way. And I was just like, that is so weird, but whatever, I'm just gonna go this way. And I had my groceries in my hand and I went up the street and sure enough, there was this sign that said pranic healing is on for free today. So I walked in and was like, what's pranic healing? And they're like, oh, it's a non-touch modality where we work on the energetic body. And I was like, great. All right. I'll be back. So I literally like went back to my house. I dumped my groceries and I walked back and I was like, I'm ready. So <laughs> show me what this is about. Cause I need to do something. And at that time I'd only ever experienced Reiki. And so as a intuitive, I would just kind of dabble in Reiki going and healing my boyfriends at the time thought it was a really cool thing that I could do. But um, you know, pranic healing really opened me up to full healing. And I, I had to heal myself first. I actually spent a whole year just committed to healing myself before I started actually learning it to, to heal others. So yeah, that's kind of the roundabout story, I guess. Yeah. And didn't you take off to go to the mountains? I remember at one point you were studying pranic healing and I remember coming to your classes and then you were like okay and I was like I remember one time I was like your only student and I was like yes Cass teach me more teach me more <laughs> I was obsessed with your classes and then you were like okay I'm going off to the mountains now India I think you said 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I did go to India. That was um, after I'd studied basic pranic healing. So I was planning to go to the to the UK and I was had a one way ticket booked. Um, it just so happened that I fell in love with a French man before I left and he was living in Australia. So I was destined to come back and funny story, I looked at my um, medicine wheel and my medicine wheel has always said that I need to be where the people are and I'm destined to be in Australia like that's my destiny is to help the Australians so I've always come back even with my story with Costa Rica <laughs> but that's another story um, yeah I basically went to India and went on a pilgrimage white mm. single white female on her own in India people thought I was batshit crazy and so I was just like no it's a calling and sure enough spirit was there the whole way wherever I went to I would get signs mm. the first place that I actually landed the pranic healing association was literally two blocks away and mm -hmm. i had no idea it was crazy i literally was like i have come to the exact place that i need to be and um yeah after my pilgrimage spirit made it really clear that i had to open up a spiritual center in sydney mm -hmm. so that was kind of like the seed and um i remember sitting at the ganges in india going all right spirit if I'm really meant to do this, if I'm meant to open up this spiritual center, I need a sign. And me back then thinking, oh, you know, maybe a flower will fly down, like, you know, fly, um, float down the Ganges. And, but no, I had literally had an eagle fly over and then this pack of wild dogs, like all females oh. with their little puppies came and sat around me. Oh. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty good sign. Like that's, I, I took a photo I was like this is just crazy and then when I went into the town literally a guy randomly came up to me he's like you are going to do something and you need to do it and I was like oh okay and he's like yes you have to do it and I was like oh okay I'm like I'm taking that as the third sign that I have to do this <laughs> that's a massive sign Spirit yeah yeah he was just like he came up to me he's like you have to do this they're, they're telling me you have to do this and I was like okay I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm assuming that spirit's telling you to tell me this. Um, and yeah, that was that was the seed. And I remember sitting at home going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I just heard a voice say, they will come. <laughs> it was literally the only time as plain as day, it was like, they will come. And I was like, okay, I'm going to believe you now. <laughs> You came in hordes. <laughs> all came. You made it true. Yeah. And now we're all going to follow you to the Central Coast too. <laughs> Where cast goes, we shall go. <laughs> I just want people to be happy. And if it makes you happy to be here, then that's my pleasure. Mm -hmm. What an amazing story. I love how many clear signs you had. And you know, I think that's such a key point when you said to the universe, like, I'm ready. It just show me. It's like that was surrender. You really just like, not my will anymore. I'm ready to surrender to that higher will, divine purpose. And I think that's such a powerful point in someone's life because you're literally just saying, I trust and I'm surrendering and I'm open. And as soon as we enter that state, 
the divine can really come in and go, Hey, let me line it up for you. Great. She's open. Let's, let's bring it in. And I think that's so powerful in that moment when you decided that. Well, I feel like that's been the biggest thing that both of you, you and I have shared. Like, I don't think we would be where we were unless we were in full surrender to this path because so many people have one foot in one foot out and i have to tell them like where where do you want to be like if you want to do this you have to commit and let's like you don't have to know what it's going to look like but you just have to trust that it's going to happen a hundred percent there is no backup plan like this is it like <laughs> if i fail at this, which I don't believe that I would, but if I did fail, like that's it, you're going to find me, I don't know, on the street or something. I have no backup <laughs> plan. I'm 100% all in on this. You're just like living your truth. And I think people see that. And that's what this, the whole embodiment of the light is like you are living in your truth. A hundred percent. And I have a question for you from your story as well. You mentioned like how you were so dedicated to becoming this like successful fashion um, fashion designer and that it was so important to you. Why do you think that it was so important to you to become this successful fashion designer? What did that mean to you? Um, it meant that I would be seen and heard and accepted. Mm. Like that was my inner child needing to be seen, heard and accepted. Mm. So when you stepped away from that, how did you overcome that, that inner child that was still saying, hey, I still want to be heard, seen and accepted? How did you move through that? I, it was hard. Like, I won't lie. It probably took me a good year and a half. And I think that's why I did the temple as well. Like, I don't want people to feel alone and I don't want them to feel like they don't have people around them to help them which is, you know, a big part of what we do is like we give people a, a place to land and it was kind of partly um, a lot of kindness to myself and, mm. you know, going through that, those processes, like, you know, when I needed healing, I might not have seen a teacher or a healer, like, but Vipassana came to me. Mm. So I did Vipassana and that was before I went to India. And that was a really huge part in my awakening. Mm. Um, and I did a course actually that started the whole process of self-realization called Landmark. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was never like down the rabbit hole of Landmark where I was like, everybody has to do it. Like I definitely recommended it to people because it has some really good techniques and <laughs> the end, which is all about like, you know, you are the creator of your reality. It yeah. hit me on such a deep soul level. Mm. So I, I think I cleaned up a lot of my shit like I stopped blaming my parents and I stopped blaming the world because I was very suicidal and mm. very suicidal all of my childhood and I blamed my family for that but I stopped and realized that they couldn't do anything it was me that was in power of all of that so once I kind of created my new life around my choice my body my life then I stopped being the victim really. And I think that is such a powerful realization to come through. And I think for me as well, like I went through the same thing, stepping into that, actually I'm the creator was so transformative for me on all levels. And actually like I had the, I think Landmark NLP, they're very similar. And I went through NLP and it was the exact same thing. Just all the shit that I was carrying on and blaming other people for, they were like, no, that's on you. 
and it's hard. Like it is, it is fucking hard for someone to slap in the face. you know this might um you know some people might not agree with this um but I was actually told by my trainer you know because I was I had a lot of post-traumatic stress after um when I had sexual assaults when I was younger and it really showed like I remember when I was actually first started learning kinesiology like I was in such a state of kind of shock or I had so much stress and trauma in my system I couldn't pair up with a man because if he touched my body, it it was just phrase up and it was so bad. And I remember my NLP um, trainer saying to me, what you're experiencing now, that's on you. That's not on the guy that did this to you. And I just went, what? And I had like such a strong reaction to that. At first it was anger. And then I just sat with it for three days and I was like, fuck, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if I'm in charge of it, I can change it. And it wasn't easy, but like I did now, I'm totally fine now, but it was through the realization of you are your own creator that got me to that place. And I think that is such, when people step into that belief, you create your reality, your experiences, it's a game changer. Massive. I mean, it's hard to say that we create those circumstances when people are like, oh, you know, I didn't want to have my family. I didn't want to have that childhood. I didn't want to have that abuse. And I get it. Like, it's hard to explain that. It's hard to say, yeah, well, actually, that's part of your journey. And as hard as it is, it's going to create the best version of you. And, you know, it's we're a testament to that. Like when I met you, I was just like, here's this 19 year old that's showing up. Like, I wish I showed up at 19. Like I was just like, give me drugs, give me alcohol. Let me not dumb this out of my system until, you know, I was in my late twenties and that's when I had my, you know, full blown awakening. So I'm really like, pumped to see what's going to come from all of these really cool kids that are like shining their light you know there are and it's interesting because I didn't get a choice like maybe like a part of me wanted to be just like a 18 year old that was like yeah let's party let's do drugs but I couldn't because I was literally so psychic I was so scared to do any kinds of drugs you know even like when I met you guys and at the temple and people around me were doing plant medicine saying how much it's helped them and it's helped me tremendously I was still too scared to do that because I was like I'm wide open like what if something happens I'm so sensitive like I can't handle it so it's like spirit didn't give me a choice at like 16 it was like you're in wake up and it was overwhelming, but that's what kids are going to have from a very young age. And we're going to see a very different world thanks to them in the future. Yeah, it's actually a big thing. And I think, you know, being a mama to a star child, like we need to prepare these children because they have a big, big job. Like I just think about all the things that are happening and I have faith, I have trust. Like I, I know the timelines of the possibilities and so we just need to get our kids ready a hundred percent a hundred percent because they're going to be doing massive work here and mm-hmm. they they need to be supported in it yeah but i mean you know you you talked about like your trauma with you know having these assaults did you feel like there was other things as well in your childhood that really contributed to your spiritual awakening or just mm. what you've gone through oh yeah totally i mean um 
I had tremendously horrifying anxiety all up until age like 19, 20. Um, and a lot of it, I think, stemmed from me seeing things as a child, like just waking up in the middle of the night and having encounters, like seeing things and not knowing how to deal with it. Um, and that was like just severe anxiety. And all kids have like a fear of the dark. But I just got older and it got worse and intensified and it didn't leave. And I was a teenager and I'm like, I, my body goes into shock when it's in the dark. Like I just get panic attacks. And that was something that I really struggled with well into a teenager. And then at 16, I think it was 15, 16, I was a pretty rebellious teenager. I was, I was not a good kid, but I say I got it all out in my teens. So my twenties, I was like, I didn't really do anything. I just was like, virtuality, business, you know, I got it all out in my teens. Um, and at 16, I remember I was always so drawn to spirituality, like metaphysics. It was just like a magnet. I remember like my mom went to a reflexologist when I was, um, I would have been like, seven or something and I went and I copied the entire Meridian chart and I was like like referring to it and giving everyone reflexology when we would go around my mom's friends places and she had my mom had horoscope astrology books by Athena Starwoman I don't know if you know her but she's a famous astrologer and I just devoured them you know I was reading all of these books and then when I was like 12 I would always go I was so drawn to like the Wiccan witchy like part of the library and my dad would be like what are you reading? And it'd be like this witchcraft book. And I'll be like, why are you reading this? And I'm like, I couldn't explain it. It was like drawing me in. And I remember like reading in one of the pagan books, like how to craft um, a wand out of, um, out of wood. And I was like 12 and I was taking my brother. He would have been like eight. And I was like, right, we're going to craft wands so we can be Wiccans. <laughs> But you know, it's cool. I think, you know, that kind of does show that you had it in your blood, right? A hundred percent. And I remember when I went to school and because I went to a Catholic school and it was like, hey, we're going to have spirituality class. And I was 12 at 13 at this point. And it was just like the word spirituality. My being went, I got to go to that. Like I, it was just, it drew me in and I was there with one other person. And then he started talking about Jesus and religion. And I just went, this isn't it, but I couldn't explain it. I was like drawn. And every time I heard about psychics and stuff, I was like, Oh, there's something there. And then at 16, uh, cause I was obsessed with the library. Like I even worked there. It's all I did. I went in and I just delved into it and I was just reading, absorbing, and then my psychic um, senses came online and that was terrifying. Like that was not fun because I didn't know how to cope with it. 16, 17, there was like three months where I couldn't sleep because I was seeing entities, not knowing how to deal with them. Uh, it was overwhelming. It was really scary. I felt lost. Um, I would go to Mind Body Spirit Festival in Sydney and I was like a 16 year old, like, and I would go see the psychics and um, just, I loved Mind Body Spirit Festival. And I said, one day I'm going to speak here. And I did. <laughs> and that was a really like proud of, um, you know, like a childhood moment that I really wanted to accomplish, which made me really happy. But I went through this spiritual awakening and I was completely alone, like most people. And obviously, like I was 16, I would go to school and I would be like, didn't get any fucking sleep because I was automatic writing and this entity was bugging me. <laughs> it was just like, I, I couldn't be a teenager and I couldn't explain things. And 
I think it was really bizarre for the people who were close to me, the friends I had, especially the guy I was dating at that point, when we would like have sleepovers and he would sleep next to me. And like, I would get all these visits and entities. And sometimes it would like push me because I didn't know how to have energetic boundaries and protect myself. And it would push me and he would feel something push me into him and freaked him out. He was like, what is that? You know, and he really like was alarmed by it. I'm like, hello, this is my life. Like, <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. And that kind of pushed me onto a journey um, that I started. Then I was 17 and I had a friend who was really into spirituality and her dad was with this organization called Summit Lighthouse. And they work a lot with the violet flame, the pillar of light. Um, They do all these decrees and they were like, oh, you might be interested. Why don't you come along? So her dad, who was so sweet, he gave me like a pile of 10 books all about St. Germain and the violet flame and was like here you go and I was like oh sweet and could get into it and I started doing these decrees you know calling in Archangel Michael raising my vibration really and I still I still do decrees to this day like they're like mantras spoken mantras and they raised my vibration and as my vibration raised raised the entity stopped because I was doing like every kind of thing that I could read about, research about the internet, none of it was helping. And it wasn't until I shifted my energy, I raised my vibration, that things calmed down, things stopped. And it was like, then I felt really good. And that led me, you know, then I kind of finished school pretty normally. Then I went overseas to France and I went and stayed with my aunt who said to me, hey, um, we just learned Reiki. I know you're really into spiritual stuff. Do you want to come learn it? And I was like, yeah. So we went to Czech Republic studied Reiki one and two there, fell in love with it. I came over here. I was like, okay, I'll study psychology so I can help people with my spiritual gifts because I was obsessed with Doreen Virtue. That was about the same time I met you. I was 19 and I was just like studying all spiritual stuff, reading Doreen Virtue. And I was like, she was a psychologist. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll help my, I'll use my spiritual gifts to help people through psychology, which I did end up doing three years off. Um, but it definitely wasn't what I wanted to do. So I ended up dropping out. But around that time, then at 19, 20, I finished my Reiki master's. And I remember leaving Reiki Masters and I just heard Spirit saying like, this is it, like, this is what you have to do. Uh, And it was at that moment that I was like, right, I'm done with psych. I'm done with that. Like, this is what I want to do. So I started seeing clients um, and they like, they came fast and they came very quickly. I was, I was pretty booked out seeing clients for a good year or so. And I had always known I wanted to teach. Like that was something that I was really drawn to. I just wanted to share information. I actually remember when I was um, 16 and cause I was really into spirituality and me and some other girls would gather around. Susie was one of them who, you know, would gather around and be like, right girls. I was reading about this and chakras and crystals and I was <laughs> teaching them. And it was just something that I loved to do. And I know I always wanted to do it. And I said to spirit, okay, when I'm ready to teach, like it'll happen. And I remember I got an email from someone saying, okay, um, I really want to learn Reiki from you. And I was like, okay, I'll just write back that I'm not teaching yet at the moment and recommend someone different. And I just heard spirit going, no, don't do that. And I was like, okay, if I'm meant to teach, send me another student. I hadn't heard from anyone like ever. This was the first person that have asked me to teach. Next day I got an email from someone else and I was like, shit, okay, guess I'm going to teach, but I need a space. And then that led me to you. Spirit was like, go message Cass. And so 
then began the journey of the temple where I really like, and the temple that was a community space um, in Sydney. And I really, over the years, then I studied kinesiology, NLP. I really deepened into my spiritual path. I started trans-channeling really regularly, ended up creating Channeling Spirit Academy and just moved through this journey as, um, as a spiritual entrepreneur myself. And um, I do agree with you about um, when we embody the light, you know, it's more than just a concept. And for me, embodying the light really means about like how we impact the world. And that for me is, is like the biggest importance I'm thinking about, right? So I want to teach people to channel and then I want to help them use those skills to create a successful business so they can be sovereign and kind of create the life that they want. And then from that sovereign space, they can then impact more people. And so for me, it's like, I can hold that, but then support more and more people to create that ripple effect and really change the world. So for me, it's just how can I, how can I connect light workers to spirit, to the divine, so they can grow a relationship with it and know how deeply, deeply they are loved by spirit. I don't think people know. I don't think people know how deeply they are loved by spirit, by their guides. Um, know that, know they have that support, and then from that space step into their soul purpose and create like that soul aligned sovereign life. And that's what I'm all about. That's what I believe I'm living. And that's what I want to share with people here on earth. Yeah. Boy, I know, know that like, that's the one thing that still boggles me is like so many people can have a life like this. It's available, like really is. And we need so much more light in this world. Like I know that there's so many light workers out there. Like when I met my partner, Chris, and I said to him, I was a light worker. He kind of stopped in his tracks and he was like, really? Cause I think I'm a light worker too. And I was just like, oh, you're so cute. Can I keep you? It's just like, obviously he's in idea of light working is, very different to where I was at because I was teaching and healing. But for him, he was like, I really believe in spirituality. And I think that this is something that's real, but I don't talk about it to people. You know, it's it's like all of these people who light workers in the closet, but you know, they're really here for a reason. Yeah, that was before Chris like saw your full power and knew that he was like dating a full on witch who could do exorcisms <laughs> and manifest anything she wanted. He was like, oh, light worker. <laughs> I don't think he realized what he was getting himself no. into, <laughs> but he stuck around. So I give him credit. <laughs> but yeah, I think like a lot of people really need to know that this is a possibility for them. And I, I'm still, um, you know, amazed at how many uh, talented people we've taught and are in our community. And I, I wish that, you know, more people could be like that because when we get together like it just feels like home like that's what it feels like it feels like these are the people that understand me like i don't have to be anybody else we all get it like we're connected to the earth we're connected to the beings that are around us and we live happily like you know doesn't mean that we don't fight like you know people can still be people but you know we also get that you know holding on to it is only going to make you worse so, you know, you get on with it before it gets a hold of you, really. So it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to have this 
power, I guess, Mm because that's what it is when people get together in their life. It's powerful. Absolutely. And I think the first step is it is surrender. It's saying, okay, I'm open, I'm ready. And then spirit leads you down your own journey of dark night of the soul, like big learning curve. And then you end up in a place where you're like, I know who I am. I know what I'm here to do. I know my purpose. I know my power. And it's from that space that then you end up having your soulmates come in, soulmate relationships, soulmate friendships, your whole soul tribe come around you. And from that space that you end up like impacting the world, anchoring, embodying that light into you and changing the world, doing what you came here to do. And the first step is surrender. Yeah. And asking as well, surrender and ask, you know, if you surrender and you're open, it's like, okay, I'm asking because Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing of being sovereign is that we can't be interfered with and surrendering is not about giving your power away. It's not saying, you know, I give these beings power over me. It's actually the opposite. It's saying I give myself permission to work with these higher beings of the highest unconditional love. So it's like very much that process of going, Mm. okay, I realize that there is something out there. And that's what it started with for me. It was just like, I realized that there is something out there. Or if there is something out there, I'm not going to get in my own way. I'm going to stop being that person that keeps on, you know, judging. And I'm just going to let myself be open to the fact that, you know, if there is something out there that's bigger than me and better or the best, bring it on. Mm, Powerful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, you know, the dark night of the soul is kind of what this whole process that's happening on a global scale is going through is like that real transformation of reality. Yeah. We're seeing it in the world around us a hundred percent. People are going through it on mass scale. You know, something interesting that you said in your dark night of the soul, you had chronic tonsillitis, like the scar tissue. I had the exact same thing. I was like, I had tonsillitis, like literally constantly. The doctor ended up like, I don't know why my doctor did this, but he put me on six months of penicillin. He was like, just take a tablet each day for six months. Um, You know, and thankfully my aunt was like, what? You're not going to take antibiotics for six months. Um, But it was just because I couldn't stop getting tonsillitis. And then I ended up, I don't know what you did, but I had to get mine removed. And they, because literally like they were just pure scar tissue. Like that's Mm -hmm. what they were. And it makes me wonder, like, you know, I'm sure you delved into it. Like what you feel the program or the fear or the energy was behind that severity of tonsillitis. Speaking up. Yeah. It was, I very much was like the person that would gulp down things and it would burn in my throat. Like I would just remember from a child at a young age, I would always cry. So I was so sensitive. Any Any kind of reaction I'd have would be crying. Mm-hmm. And it would always get stuck in my throat. So I, would, I never knew how to speak up and protect myself mm-hmm. and defend myself or mm-hmm. just be able to like say what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was my manifestation. We're going to have to do an episode on that because it was the exact same thing <laughs> for me. I used to like, so sensitive, couldn't speak up. And so if any of you are listening also had that tonsillitis that bad like us, I'm sure you can relate. So yeah, we got to do a deep dive episode on yeah. all of that energy boundaries. Definitely, definitely. 
but yeah, very, very interesting. And I, I think, you know, for all of the light workers that are out there and, and are in their power around their light, I feel like their challenge now is their shaman's death. Have you ever heard of the shaman's death? I've heard of shamanic death processes. Is that the saying where it's like the fully, the full transformation, like death rebirth process? Yeah. So it, like, you know how we go through the dark mode of the soul and that's yeah. like our ego dying. So it's like that part of us that realizes, oh my God, I've been faking it. I've been pretending that this life was really what it's all about. And then all of a sudden you kind of get the red pill and you're like, ah, oh my God, you know, my friends aren't really my friends. You mm -hmm. know, this life that I've created is totally fake. Um, and so like, that's the ego death, dark night of the soul which is horrible in its own way, but it's very, very gratifying when you get to the other side and you realize who you truly are. But the shaman's death is like, you've gotten through the ego death, you've gotten through the dark night of the soul, but now it's like you're going through new processes of your work, I guess. And so it's like, you're stepping into deeper versions of yourself and, and into deeper, higher levels of yourself. Like, I guess that's from my experience. And I feel like for the light workers around us, the ones that have already gone through the ego deaths and the dark night of their soul, they're really stepping into their shaman's death. Mm. Like it's, it's really, really important for them to realize like that's what they came here for. Like yeah. they are those volunteers that said, I'm here to be here for this planet. And you know, the planet needs us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stepping into that full embodiment is like going deeper into themselves, really. A hundred percent. And I like to think of it as like an onion. It's just like these layers, letting go of the layers. It's not you, the mask that you've been wearing and just coming into that energy, that essence of who you are. And once you embody that, I feel like it's almost like the way spirit shows it to me, it's like a light switch goes off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm plugged in, I'm open, I'm awakened. And as you light up, it's like other people around you, they can look and go, oh, there's a light there. Let me go into that. And then bam, they get awoken, bam, bam, bam. And it carries out into the rest of the world. And that's what I feel like on a you know global level that awakening looks like. Fully. And I, it's like for people that have literally no concept of what a shaman death might look like just so that they understand the concept because i've probably been about through three or four of them just so that they understand um like the first shaman's death was like i was heavily into the um getting into um you know natural building being sustainable getting into agriculture and i was just like that was like my tipping point of like getting out of the system because I knew that the, the world we lived in was crumbling. So then I literally had to chaotically get out of the system, like get out of my corporate job and trust in doing the temple, becoming a full-time healer. So that was my first shaman's death. And then mm. the second shaman's death I went through was letting go of the temple because I'd spent like you know, seven or eight years building the temple up and creating a business. And it was like, no, now it's time to grow again. And it was like, I had to let it go completely. Mm -hmm. And so that was a massive, you know, shaman's death. And just recently, you know, going from that community space to now going online and, and getting to the land, it was part of that evolution of myself is like letting go and knowing that there was a deeper part of myself that I was growing into. Mm -hmm. and it's 
continuing like to just connect deeper and deeper into who you truly are at your deepest le level and all that you're here to do and all these things they're just part of the journey to take you there yeah yeah I just feel like people need to hear that like it's not even easy when you're doing this work you sometimes have to push yourself to let go and and like that's part of the journey too a hundred percent and I think for anyone listening, really want you to know that whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going through your awakening, you're going through a shamanic death yourself, you're not alone. There are so many of us light workers all around the world waking up, embodying our light. And just, you know, people are available to help you. You know, like Athena and I are here even through this podcast to help you to remember that this is part of your journey that we're here to support each other. So, you know, just ask, surrender and trust. Spirit got you, spirit has got you. <laughs> got you back. <laughs> That's right, the universe has got you back and spirit's got you back. Yeah. Awesome, well, we might wrap it up here for our first episode. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, everyone who listened and you got to know a little bit about us, a little bit about our journeys, how we got to where we are and who we are before we embark on this endeavor of this podcast. Yeah, I just wanted to start off with a, you know, howdy doody. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, you know, stepping into the space and much gratitude. And there's going to be so much more to bring to the table. That's for sure. Lightworkers, yeah. get ready to absorb. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode, everyone. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Adios. Athena here. Just wanted to let you know that Channeling Spirit Academy is actually launching in a couple of weeks. So if you've been wanting to learn how to channel your spirit guides, your angels, your higher selves, start to actually have those conversations. Join us inside of this four-month program that will teach you not only to indirectly channel your team, but also to trans-channel and light language channel. It's an intensive program with healing activations and my signature channeling method. I've taken hundreds of students through this program who are now successful channelers. You can check them out on my website. This is an intensive program designed to get you up and channeling whether you're already psychic or not and actually start seeing your own clients. So it's a practitioner training and there's business support as well. If you're interested, make sure you click on the info section of this podcast and follow the Channeling Spirit Academy links. It's Cassandra here and I have been really excited to share with you a crystal course that's coming up next week. It's a 16 week immersion on learning everything you need to learn about crystals, including gridding, elixirs, working as a practitioner, healing yourself, healing others, uh, learning to work on the land and being able to set yourself up as a digital nomad in this field. 
I hope that this is something that you have been enjoying already in the podcast, Embody the Light, and so wanted to give you the opportunity to sign up to this amazing course where you also receive one-on-one coaching with me personally from my channelings and my teachings as a crystal teacher for 10 years. This is an amazing opportunity to get once-in-a-lifetime teachings from my past life as a crystal priestess in Sirius, Palades, and Acturia. So I hope that this is something that you have been calling in because now is the time to rise up as healers and energy workers on this planet. If you need more information, just check out the link below. And if you need to, you can contact me directly. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Embody the Light. We'd be so grateful if you left a review and subscribed. If you click on the info box underneath this podcast, you'll find links to both of our websites, which have our products, courses, and services listed. We also have some great free courses on our website, so go check it out. And we'll see you on our next episode. Lots of love. Lots of love. Blessings. Blessings on your journey.